0: Hello and welcome to LiveWise, Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Ali Selby and today we're talking hardcore growth. This episode is for younger investors with longer time horizons or those who have a higher risk tolerance. Today, we're gonna to be talking about stocks that can deliver compelling returns above the long-term market average. And to do that, we're joined by Nick Sladen from LSN Capital and Adrian Ascaro from Elvest okay let's dive straight in what's the best advantage and a growth investor can have nick i might start with you
1: uh, well looking long term um, time enables you to look through half yearly and quarterly reporting cycles and focus on what the long-term total addressable opportunity is for these businesses you know there's been several examples over the last 20 years of some of the best companies like rea seek and car sales where at certain points in time, they've had hiccups on their their cycle, but the long term total addressable market has remained intact and all of those businesses have disrupted incumbents and done really well.
0: Mm. Everyone's really focused on reporting season numbers right now, whether they are half yearly or full year numbers. Why is it important to look longer term, particularly for growth investors?
2: Oh, we we think it's it's particularly important for all investors. Um, If we look at the old saying that time is the friend of the wonderful business we certainly agree and it's particularly apparent for those companies that have an ability to reinvest and compound at very high rates of return we tend to think that time will be the best friend of those companies that can self-fund uh, their way into very deep pools of, of opportunity uh, so if you think about the likes of mineral resources nick Scarly, technology one premier investments it's quite a long list of, of good quality founder-led type companies that certainly appreciate the importance of this characteristic. And they've all been multi-baggers uh, over the past decade plus. Uh, so that illustrates the power of compounding, particularly when executed over long periods of time.
0: Okay. I want to know how you would invest if you weren't being judged on monthly performance figures, if you were being judged on, I guess, that kind of long, longer term.
2: It's a great question. I think there's always a lot of noise in markets, but there's always opportunities too. As bottom-up stock pickers, we spend most of our time really focusing on business quality and those companies with longer-dated earnings drivers. So for that reason, I really wouldn't change much about our process. It's very much geared towards finding those companies that have a competitive advantage that can reinvest into long-dated opportunities.
0: Are there any sectors or themes you'd like to call out there?
2: I think there's a whole range of really interesting um, dynamics and thematics, I guess, looking ahead. So things like digitisation, the ageing population and healthcare, infrastructure spending, and of course the, the green energy transition, they're all immense opportunities for investors looking out over the next decade.
0: Okay, over to you, Nick. How would you invest if you weren't being judged on those monthly performance figures and where are you seeing the most opportunity for growth right now in what themes or sectors
1: focusing on the fundamentals is absolutely critical uh, and looking at the total addressable market opportunity for each of those particular companies so the areas of focus for us are how these businesses are going to get from where they are today to the opportunity in the future so areas like um, AI and uh, and, and financial disruption, like we saw with Afterpay a few years ago, is a a big big example of of those those areas. Um, We're also seeing emerging industries such as uh, obviously lithium lithium and EV, which has grown exponentially over the last few years. You've got best in class operators taking share from other businesses like Premier Investments, or you've got newer businesses like NetWealth and Hub doing things in really good shape and taking uh, share also from legacy players. So we look at all those as really, really attractive options. But equally, I'm not discounting that. Some of the cyclical sectors also can be attractive at certain points in the cycle. You just need to have a really clear understanding of where you are in the cycle and what valuation looks like for some of those businesses because there can be good money to be made on those investments as well. But, but, But like Adrian, return on invested capital is a big focus for us. Uh, So a lot of those really quality, self-funding businesses are the ones that we think will do really well through the cycle. I
0: want to talk about the risks now. Growth investing is often considered more risky than maybe its value counterpart. What risks do you think investors need to be aware of today?
1: Uh, Inflated valuations, um, investment bubbles, the latest fad or trends. Uh, Some of those things are probably ones we're probably um, particularly cautious of at the moment. There's several examples of businesses in probably the larger cap space um, that have done particularly well after pays one some of the lithium producing and cash flow positive stocks are other ones and they've dragged some of the smaller cap stocks uh, along for the ride that might be and some of those valuations got completely inflated and there's a bunch of businesses that are still trading on the asx today that are probably working through their existing um, residual capital and you know there's limited prospect of self-funding going forward so that's an area we're pretty pretty cautious on and that's where we would encourage others to be cautious as well
0: okay what are the risks that you're seeing today for growth focused investors
2: i think the risks are two twofold like like nick uh, we would urge investors to focus on fundamentals and and really avoid investing in speculative companies that are are burning cash and at the mercy of capital providers often these are the companies that have the exciting stories and and the narrative uh, but in many cases lack genuine substance at elvest we focus on those companies that are still early in their life cycle um, but they still have established cash flows they're well established businesses and we find that that's the the sweet spot for us i think the second risk really is just overpaying Uh, and i think you can go buy a great cohort of good quality businesses but if you're buying them on one or two percent earnings yields we're not convinced that will generate a good long-term returns, so it's really important just to maintain your discipline
0: we asked our fund managers to bring not one but three stocks that they believe can deliver exceptional above market returns over the next decade nick what have you brought for us today
1: uh, we're speaking about lifestyle communities uh, hanson technologies and the platforms businesses hub and netwealth so uh, lifestyle communities is a affordable land lease um, business uh, operating out of victoria there's obviously a significant housing shortage across Australia at the moment so they're very attractively positioned from that perspective so they've got really good structural tailwinds. Um, they currently have seven new projects uh, under development which is quite a significant um, undertaking for them and that is expected to deliver 50% earnings growth over the next two years uh, and we think you're only paying around 20 times earnings for, for that opportunity so we see that as quite an uh, attractive compelling opportunity. Hanson Technologies is a back end software um, billing service focused on the telco and utility sectors um, and communications. It's founder led, the founder owns 17%. It um, has a really excellent um, return on capital, has really positive and strong cash flow generations. Um, over the last three years, as valuations have been inflated, they've been able to pay down their debt, um, they're basically net cash now. They've provided a, a good, solid um, update today in terms of their outlook for FY24. Their second half of 2000 and FY23 was very good, so we're expecting at least, or they're expecting, five to seven percent. Um, organic revenue growth, we would expect more than that in terms of earnings per share growth and given the strength of their balance sheet, we would be looking for them to make an acquisition and multiples have come back, which will complement that. So we think they can comfortably deliver around 10% plus EPS growth for the next few years.
0: Wow, and the platforms?
1: The platform businesses, obviously NetWealth and Hub have grown significantly um, over 20 billion dollars um, across those two businesses in, in premium, in terms of flows per annum, um, they've grown at about 40% CAGR over the last 10 years. They've gone from you know one to one and a half percent in terms of market share of the um, of the platform business to over six percent in the last five years. They're both you know very very attractively um, structurally growing, taking shares from some of the legacy incumbent players, um, and, and we think that. The cost management that was shown in the fy23 results will be position them well for current fy24 and there's been a a big theme of money going off platform into term deposits over the last 12 months Um, we would expect that headwind to become a tailwind and drive flows
2: over the next 12 months for those two businesses
0: four stocks not three that's a little bit of a kicker how about you adrian what are your three stocks
2: we actually tend to agree with with nick's comments there particularly around the the platforms and and hansen where we've been a a long-term supporter and investor there as well Looking at our three stocks, uh, the common thread each operate in industries with uh, supportive market structures, there's uh, long dated growth opportunities, and all are founder led or have owner manager teams in place as well. So, our first stock is RPM Global. It's a leading provider of mining software, and principally it's servicing uh, major glo- global resource companies. We think they benefit from the mining digitisation theme. Many miners are still relatively early uh, in, in terms of uh, mining software adoption so we, we think that represents a, a significant tailwind for rpm looking at, at recent results albeit coming off a low base uh, fy23 ebitda is forecast to triple and we think that they continue to deliver really strong earnings growth from this point our second stock is seven group uh, obviously it's a, a conglomerate but most of its capital these days is deployed in industrial services so business units like westrack uh, Bor- boral and coats West Track we view as the, the jewel in the crown, it, it's wonderfully well positioned within its key markets, it does uh, benefit from increasing mining volumes and its high margin services business is leveraged to a, an ageing mining fleet here in Australia. Looking at Boral and Coates, they're leveraged to a $1.2 trillion pipeline over the next five years for work in infrastructure and construction. In aggregate, the group, they've got a a good portfolio of assets, they've got long dated tailwinds and a really high quality aligned management team. So we think they continue to deliver from this point.
0: And your third stock, what is it?
2: The third stock is a little divisive, um, but nonetheless, we like it for for good reasons. We think it's corporate travel management, as the name suggests. It it is involved in the management of corporate travel and that's right across uh, the world. I mentioned it's divisive because people tend to have strong views on the company, but looking at the numbers uh, by the end of FY24, it will have delivered compound annual growth in earnings of 19% over the past decade, which is a great track record. And looking at it today, it's a top five global player in what is a $1.5 trillion industry and yet it still commands less than 1% global share. So we think corporate travel just has an immense opportunity to grow both uh, organically and by acquisition. And we think for those investors that can stomach some volatility, they'll be well rewarded over the next five to 10 years.
0: Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content just like this every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.